It's really good to be able to share with you this morning, and isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? And it's the house of the Lord because you're here, and he lives in you, and he lives in me, amen? And we're so thankful to be able to come together. We ought to just pause for a moment and just really have a thankful heart that God allowed us to be here together to worship him, amen? That's awesome, that's awesome. So I want to begin this morning... Uh, with the most important thing that, that uh, any one of us could, 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 could hear. And I want to start with uh, Romans chapter 11 and verse 10. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. And then in verse 13, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We must believe the good news and receive it as truth. That's, that's what love is really about. We just got through going through a freedom ministry, and it's an amazing thing to me that, uh, that I've been through it. We've taught it several times. But freedom... We, we take weeks and we go through what the Bible says about being free in Christ and about living out of the tree of the knowledge of, uh, uh, of life. You know, not, not the tree of good and evil, but the, the tree of life, right? We talk about that, but did you know that when you hear these verses right here, if you're here today and you've come to know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're free. But you have to take hold of what's been given to you. And that's why the Bible tells us don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Why? So that we can encourage one another in the truths that God has given us. There's some things, you know, we have a Bible study. And, you, and for those of you that may be here for the first time, I want to welcome you. Uh, and they are right. I'm probably the oldest. My dialect might not be as good. I know Pastor Steve, he teaches a lot of our Bible studies, and he's been all over the world, and he's still trying to figure out my dialect. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, but we'll get through it. We'll get through it. Uh, but knowing that Jesus loved us so much, knowing that the Father loved us so much, that he sent his only son, the only one who could set us free, he sent him to die on the cross so that you and I could have life. That's where actual life begins. You say, well, Ronnie, that's Christianity 101. That's true. It, it is. But I don't think we, I think we take it and we listen to it and we believe it, but I don't know that we really get it down inside of us. That anything and everything that we've ever done in our entire life, and let me tell you, I've got a bad book that I would never want to pull out because I know where God brought me from and where he's took me. And I know that I had nothing to do with it other than to try to do what he's asked or told me to do through his word. And nobody in here is in a different boat. We all have seen and come short of the glory of God. Isn't that right? We all need forgiveness. And it's an amazing thing to me that it doesn't matter how bad I was. It doesn't matter how low I got doesn't matter what anybody else thought about me. doesn't matter if they put me on a pedestal or if they put me down in a hole. didn't matter what they did. didn't matter how, how, what, 
what I looked like on the outside. It didn't matter whether, you know, how all it mattered was he died for me and that I was the most important thing to him at that moment. And he feels the same way about each and every one of us. In Romans 11, excuse me, in Romans 12, verse 1, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. I want to stop right there for a minute. You know, when you hear that verse, you think, well, he's wanting me to give him my body. Yes. He wants you to give him all of you. This is going to be really simple today. I'm really going to blow y'all socks off. It's so... When I was preparing, the Lord just really put it on my heart. He said, sometimes, sometimes my children just need to sit down and think about what they already know. Because it's an amazing thing. It's kind of like my grandchildren. You know, they won't eat everything on the plate until they're ready to go to something else. You know what I'm saying? This looks a little better. This tastes good for a moment, and then all of a sudden they look over here. This looks a little better, so they go to that. You know, and the next thing, they're in the junk that they don't need. That's kind of how we are sometimes, you know. We have so much that God has shown us. There's so many things that we've learned in life. There's so many things that through the Word we've grown together, and we don't chew on it, and we don't really let it nourish us like we need to. So I'm going to hit some basic things with you, some basic truths with you this morning. But it says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. You know, it's an amazing thing, all the definitions that we give to worship. I was thinking as we were worshiping the Lord together this morning, I was thinking to myself about some of the things that I, I, I wanted to share with you today. And I just thought, how many of us are really taking what those words are saying? It's your breath in my lungs. And I pour out praise to you. Or was we just doing it in our own strength? Or was we really inhaling and taking in the very things that God wants to put in your life and give you this morning? Were you doing it out of your own strength and out of your own abilities? Or were you really just coming before the Lord and saying, I'm a living sacrifice before the Lord? And it's your breath that's in my lungs that calls out praise and worship to the heavens for you. I, I just, can I share a story with you real quick? That's okay, isn't it? It is because I got the floor and... So I'm going to do it. It's just a little simple story I heard and read one time that really, it really spoke to me. And uh, there was this young man who, who sought out the wisdom of a wise teacher. And he told the teacher he was there to see him because he felt useless. He felt numb, lacking any desire to do anything. And he had been told that he was no longer useful, that he was dumb, and that he couldn't do anything right. What can I do, he asked the teacher, so people will value me more. The teacher, without looking at him, said, I'm sorry, son, I can't help you. I have to solve my own problems first. 
He paused for a moment, and then he added, if you want me to help you, I could take care of, if you will help me take care of the matter that I'm dealing with, then after that I could perhaps help you. So once again, feeling that he wasn't worth anything and his needs had been put off again, the young man said, okay, teacher. So the teacher took off a ring and he had on his, that he had on his finger and he gave it to the young man. And he said, take this ring to the market in town and I need to sell it to pay a debt. You need to get the best price possible, no less than one gold coin. So the young man began to offer the ring to the different merchants. But when he mentioned the price of a gold coin, they laughed and said that, a, and said that a, gold, a gold coin was way too much. And after offering the ring to everyone, he came across, after offering the ring to everyone that he came across in the marketplace, he failed to find a buyer. He so wished that he had had a gold coin himself to give the teacher so that he could finally receive his teacher's wisdom and help. So upon his return, he said to the teacher, I'm sorry, I couldn't get the price that you asked to get. I might have been able to get two or three silver coins, but I don't think that I could have deceived anyone about the true value of the ring. And the teacher replied, what you just said is very important, my young friend. We must first know the true value of the ring. Go back to town, see the jeweler there, who would know, who would know better than him. Tell him you want to sell the ring and ask him for how much he'll give you for it. But no matter what he offers, you don't sell it to him. So he took it to the jeweler who, who inspected it closely and replied, I can't give you more than 58 gold coins. I could probably get 70 coins for it, but since you need it quickly, 58 is about all I can do. And the young man excitedly ran back to his teacher with the good news. And the teacher said, sit down. You are like that ring, a unique and precious jewel. And as such, only an expert can determine your value. Why are you going through life hoping that someone will discover your true value? Now that seems as a simple story, isn't it? But that's what we do. We have a, a loving Savior who loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son for you and I. The Bible says that we are now new creations in Christ Jesus. And this book, this Bible, is an entire biography of who you are and how you got to be where you are today. Everything you need to know about life is in this book right here. But it's an amazing thing. In the world today, we try to find value everywhere except here. Am I right? This, this right here, I'm not, I'm not being judgmental this morning. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that's, that's you. But if you really want to know what your value is, if I really want to know what my value is, I need to go to the expert. I need to go to the one who created me. I need to go to the one who gifted me, who gave me uh, the, whatever passions I have in life, who gave me everything, who would help me better recognize, who could help me better recognize my gifts than him. Now, does he use other people to do that? Absolutely. 
He brings people into your life. God wants to use you as a part of this church to reach into other people's lives so that you can help them get to this word and help them to realize who God says they are. But until, until we come to the point to realize that he is the expert who created us, then we're going to be searching in vain because we're not even going to scratch the surface of who God has called us to be. We go through life hoping that someone will discover our true value. We need to trust the expert. Something else that I thought about as I was preparing this, it's amazing to me in our country today and in the world today, how self-sufficiency seems to be one of the top things that that we want to have access to. But, you know, I've got to think that self-sufficiency doesn't do a whole lot for the kingdom. Because I have found out that the more I hook up with the family of God, the more I hook up with a brother and sister who in Christ, the more effective I am in my life. Does that take any responsibility off of you and me as far as what God would have us uh, to, to, to learn from him? No. But, but I, I, I want to tell you, I, I'm going to do a little push for small groups right here because I want to tell you something. If you think for one minute that coming in here on a Sunday morning and coming in here and listening to somebody like me for, well, most of the time it's better than me. I have to say it's a little higher up. But if you're coming in here and you think you can live off of that, that's like having a whole freezer full of steaks in there and the only thing you are eating are lemons. <laughs> you, you know, we laugh about that, but it's true. Does that make it any less important to be here? No. Do we need to be here on Sunday? Yes. But in the westernized church, we have come to believe that if I believe there's a God and I go to a particular service on one Sunday, that's really all I need. I am a Christian. Well, maybe you are a born-again believer, but can I tell you, you are living way below what God intended for you. You are living way, way below. And can I tell you this, that when we come together, it's more than just about people getting up here and singing worship songs. It's about us coming together and joining our hands with one another and lifting our voices to God and giving Him praise and giving Him honor so that not only does it move in this building, but it might just might permeate this, this neighborhood a little bit. It might cause you to walk out with a, with a smile on your face because God has just blessed you so much that somebody that you come in contact with in the parking lot just can't go by you without realizing there's something about you. There's something about you. But we, listen, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about some truths this morning that I think will hammer this a little bit more. Because I, at the place, I might be old, Pastor Stephen. I might be old, but I tell you what, I have learned one valuable lesson. I've learned one valuable lesson. I've learned that you don't need to waste time on trivial matters. You don't need to waste time listening to who else everybody says you are. You need to get in here and start making your time valuable and find out who God says you are. Find out who God says you are. So here's the first truth I want to share with you. Before we do that, let me turn to Galatians. Let's turn to Galatians real quick. I'm bad about getting carried away with my own own stuff. Uh, My wife told me, don't be nervous. 
Do I look nervous? I'm really not. Um, Galatians chapter 5. I want to share this with you. Verses 5 and 6. Verse 5. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important, listen to this, what is important is faith expressing itself in what? Love. Faith expressing itself in love. And look at verse 13. For you have been called to live in what? Freedom. You have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to, sanct- to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. I want you to remember this. This is the first truth I want you to remember this morning. You are valuable to God. You are valuable to God. I'm amazed. I have been over, over the years at a lot of different things. I'm a, I'm a simple type person in, in a sense that, uh, you know, Pastor Peter and I'm going to tell you, I'm not a big meeting guy. I endure it most of the time. Not because I'm not learning anything. It's just that, you know, I'm the kind of person just sit, rather sit on the back porch, you know, get me a pine needle, put it between my teeth, and sit there and let's talk about it, you know. Uh, when we start doing charts and stuff, I mean, somewhere I get lost. But they put up with me, and, and I have learned some stuff from it, and I'm appreciative of it. Uh, I really am. Um, but I just feel like it's time to become what a family really should be. And a family can relax around one another. You know, a family that really loves one another can have faults and not be thrown out of the house. They, they will reach out to one another and love on one another. And wherever they're lacking, they'll try to put it back. Right now, as you all know, Pastor Jody and Haley and them, they're, 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 their home is flooded. I mean, they're all in my house. <laughs> now, that's not because they have to be there. We've got... Uh, uh, members of this church that's offered their home and, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, why are they at my house? Because I'm family. I mean, I'm their immediate family. That's where they they feel like, they, you know, that's where they don't feel like their kids. You know, if the kids go in there and swing from the light post or lampshade, you know, uh, they know I'll take care of it on that hind end. But, but the, the point I'm, I'm trying to make is we're family, so, you know, isn't an adjustment for them? It's probably much harder on them than it is for us. But, you know, when you're a family, when you belong to a family, you do those kinds of things. You do those things. Why? Because you love them. Jesus Christ, just in those scriptures that we just shared, he said, by faith we have become a part of the family of who? The living God. We need to understand that we're valuable to God. We're valuable. So many people come in here hoping 
There's somebody probably sitting in here right now that coming here hoping that maybe they could find the answer in here today. And somebody could say, yeah, you just need to receive Christ. Receive Christ into your life and, and just believe by faith and you shall be saved. That's what we read a while ago, right? And that statement is true. But let me tell you, that's not the way Jesus would say it. He would throw his arms around him and say, hey, I love you. I believe in you. I gave my life for you. There's, there's hope in this family. That's what people ought to see in you and me. Am I right? There's hope in this family for all of us. There's hope. So just, you know, I, I, I love athletics, as most of you know. I spent most of my life in, in athletics. How God ever got me in a, in a pulpit, that shows you there's a God. <laughs> I mean, Coach Gullies can tell you, Coach Gullies has got me by the shirt tail more than once. We coached together for like 13, 14 years. And, and I mean, I'm an in, y'all, y'all think I'm laid back, but I'm really intense at times. It just depends on what we're doing, you know. And, and I look back and I see that, you know, how God, I, I thought about this as I was preparing this message. I thought, God, how? Why, why, what do I have to offer them? I'm just an old football coach. Yes, I know you've called me to share the gospel. I'm your child. And then all of a sudden I realized the very things you're sharing with them, you, you're not doing. You're looking at your own strength. You're looking at your own abilities. No, I'm up here sharing this with you because I believe God gave me a message. It's very simple, but it's very, it's very, very, very important. It's very important. One, you got to know, listen, if you really want to understand what love is, you got to feel valued. Am I right? You're not going to love God just because somebody told you that's the thing to do. You have to come to a, to a true realization that God loves you, that he really did die on the cross, and that he loves you, and that there's not a waking minute that goes on through the day that he's not thinking of you. You say, well, how can he think of all the people in the universe? God can do it all. God can do it. He knows what you, the step you take before you ever take it. God can do it. God wants to do it. He's in to being there and being a part of your life on an everyday basis. He values you. Every time you do something that, that, that is going to be detrimental to you, it breaks his heart. It breaks his heart not because you didn't follow his rule. It breaks his heart because you're valuable to him. And he knows if you follow that rule that you're going to have great and mighty things happen for you. It breaks his heart. Why? Because you're valuable to God. He values you. The second thing I want to say to you this morning, another truth I want you to grab hold of. I tell you, this is real, real spiritual. This is real spiritual right here. Closeness to God simplifies everything. You know, we, we, we think, man, I can't read that Bible. I mean, you know how we're doing to read through the Bible, right? Boy, when you get in Deuteronomy, Leviticus, and all that, man, do you ever feel like, you know, you're swimming in concrete? <laughs> I mean, but what I have found out is that even there, there's truths in there that if you just really take your time and just say, okay, God, you put it in here for a reason. I want to see why. There's so much value in, in reading that. And what I have learned is that the closer I get to God, the more simple it is. Love God, love people. 
Love God, love people. Love God, love people. You know, I could have passed that in the ninth grade. Love God, love people. Very simple, very simple. Too often, we who serve God often confuse success and victory, you know? It's like in football. If you win, then you've been successful. That's not always true. We've lost, we've won games that, I'm going to be honest with you, I thought we stunk. We've lost games that I thought we played great. So we, we've gotten confused with, with, with that word a little bit, I think, with success. You know, uh, I, I, don't know I don't know how you really feel about that. It's, 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 you know, we're not going to sit here and talk about it but, uh, for an hour, but I think success is more of a business term. That's just my thinking. I think victory is a term for combat. Because I'm going to tell you, you know, we, we talk about God and we talk about how he, want, he wants to do these things in us. We get really excited about God. But let me tell you something. You better be ready to go to war. You better be ready to go to war because there's an enemy out there who don't want you living in truth. And that's another good reason for why God calls us all together. Because at some point, I'm going to get down. Who's going to be there to help pick me up? God, absolutely. But you know God put you in my life. Every one of us goes through issues and battles in life. I, I, I just wish, I just wish. I'm going, to make a, I'm, going to make a, I'm going to make a suggestion to you. If you're not in a small group, you need to get in a small group. Because... 20 minutes together, it's hard to build relationships, but you can build relationships in small groups. And let me tell you what happens. Not only do you learn the word, but you learn to hold each other, to, to, to take hold and, and support one another, lift each other up. And when you're going through difficult times, you're able to, you know, hey, been there, done that, and give advice that God has shown you in your life, you know, or, or just, if nothing else, just to sit and pray. Are you listening to me this morning? Y'all wanted a more sophisticated message, didn't you? <laughs> hey, even Georgia can understand this one. We, we, we got it right here. No, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I, I'm so, I'm just so amazed at how simple this message really is. We were talking, we were meeting at breakfast on Monday, and we were talking about some things, and it just really, I just, I left there. Pastor, uh, uh, Steve Hulsinger, Pastor Steve was sharing something. We all had a discussion, and I won't get into that. But it's an amazing thing to me. I went and had breakfast, great fellowship, listened to the word. But here's what happened. When I left that parking lot all the way to my house, I'm mulling over everything we talked about. I'm thinking to myself, I didn't see that. Or, man, that's right. You know, just being with each other. We bring out things. We talk about things in the Bible. And maybe somebody gives you a point. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you're going to be a warrior, if you're going to really understand what victory is, if you're going to really go by, you're either going to go by the world's definition of success or you're going to go by the, by the God's definition of victory. And if you're going to get to victory, it's going to take some effort. It's going to take some effort, and it's going to take some effort not only on your part to reach out to get something to help you, but it's going to take effort on your part to put out something to help others. 
it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a give and take. It's a give and take. I like it. I think I'm doing good. But anyway, let's look real quick at, at uh, uh, let's look at Joshua chapter 5, verse 13, before we go to the next one. I'm moving on because I know we got, we, we, we're moving on. Uh, chapter 5, verse 13. Uh, I want to, I this is something I really heard Pastor, uh, I can't think of his name, Robert Morris, uh, shared on this one time, and it was really quite amazing, I, I thought, and I. And as I was preparing this message, I, I thought about what he had shared from Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. And I want to I I uh, share this with you. In verse 13, it says, let me find it here. For you have been called to live in, uh, I'm in the wrong book, Joshua. I know you got it up there, but I can't see that good. Joshua 5, 13. Here we go. When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and demanded, Are you friend or foe? Neither one, he replied. I am the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. I, I, I love this. I, I, he taught on this scripture. And I don't have time this morning to go through all the scripture, but there's scripture in Ruth where uh, the man that married Ruth, it, it ended up someone else that was a close relative. It was a, a thing they did in, in those days where if a, if a woman's husband passed away, their nearest relative, their nearest brother would marry. And if they didn't want to marry, then they would, you know, they could buy, marry them and buy their land, and I don't have time to go into that, but the point is, in both the situations, he talks about taking off your shoes. You remember when Moses met God in the burning bush? What did he tell Moses to do? Take off your shoes. This is, this is holy ground. You know, I got to looking at this, and I heard him talk about it, uh, and really, I know I'm going through this real quick, but if I don't, I'm going to be way over time. But I want you to understand what the whole point and what this sign really is talking about. It's talking, or what I've, I feel like it's talking about. I feel like it's talking about, you know, when, when Joshua came to this guy, he'd been, he took over from Moses and he was supposed to lead the Israelites into the promised land. And he goes across and here's this, this angel of the Lord. Now, some people think it was Jesus. Some people think it was angel. No matter who it was, it's like Robert Mark said, they had a sword on their hip. All right? So he was meaning business. You know what I'm saying? He looks at him. He says, you know, who are you? Are you for us or are you against us? He basically said, I'm not for either one of you. I'm here. He, he said, whose side are you on? He ain't on anybody's side, but you better get it on my side because we're going to win. And that's what the Lord says to me and you. That's what it says right here. It's saying, listen, here, here's the third thing I want you to think about. This is a question. This is another truth. Are you a friend or are you a foe? We always talk about how Jesus is a friend to us. I just want to ask you, whose side are you on? Because I'm going to, you're going to have to choose because there's only two sides. There's the side of who? God and who? Satan. 
And we have to choose. And we don't always look at it as black and white. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. I don't need to read the Word this morning. I don't need to read the Word this morning. You know, I, I, I had a Bible study last night. I'll just pass on my Bible study this morning. I don't really need it. I know God loves me. And da, da, da. Yes, God loves you, but let me ask you, whose side did you take, brother? Whose side did you take? Because let me tell you, instead of taking time to spend with God who knows all things, you chose to, to, to pick your own way. Isn't that right? I'm not trying to be legalistic here. You understand that, right? I'm having to learn these things, guys. I'm, ladies, I'm having to learn these things. It's just like, you know, I hear people all the time say, I say, why won't you be in a group? Well, we have children. Well, you know what we did? We started trying to provide child care. Well, you got child care, but, our, you know, we always come up with a reason when God opens the door for us to do something. Now, I can pick right here because y'all can't fire me. But I'm being honest. Am I not being honest? All right, let's say this. Let's just, let's just, I'm just saying, I'm not saying stuff's going to send you to hell. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying, but there's a whole lot more than getting out of hell and into heaven, walking with God. You know, we have a, we have a calling to be disciples, right? To make, and to make disciples. We did the four chairs of discipleship, one of the greatest things that we ever did in one of our men's group. And, and that's what we're called to do. But we can't be disciples if we're always still eating baby food. And we're eating baby food because God says, you know, it might be good if you join that small group, but we find every reason not to go there. Why? It seems nice. It seems good. It seems, uh, it seems you know, like the, uh, maybe at the time it's the easiest thing for you to do. But what you've done is you've let the enemy steal time that you could have grown closer to the Lord. And maybe... And maybe instead of sitting trying to figure out how you can make more money, if you'd have went and listened to God, he probably would have gave you peace, and I guarantee you he'd have helped you make more money. You say, that's too simple, Ronnie. Well, let's, let's pick another. Let's pick another. Let's pick another. Let's say, I know we all got jobs. I coached for 30-something years, and I remember I spent more time with my coaches, with the kids that I coached, than I, a lot of times I got to spend with my own daughter. Now, I love my daughter. I did everything I could to support my daughter. I did everything that I thought was right at the time. But now I know things that I, I wasn't really a hold of then. I was learning. But you know what? When I said, you know, Ronnie, you need to stay that extra three hours and watch more film. When I already knew what they'd done, I watched the film for 10 hours. I knew exactly what they were running. If I'd have stayed for 33 more hours, I wasn't going to learn something I didn't know. But what did I do? I chose to watch the film. And you know what I didn't choose? To be at home spending time with my daughter. Let me ask you something. Whose side did I choose? Whose responsibility is it to raise my daughter? It's mine. Seems like a small thing, doesn't it? Now, don't get me wrong. I know there's things that we have to do. We have to work. We have to pay, we have to pay bills. I understand that. But I'm talking about throughout a 24-hour day and through a seven-day week, and most of the time, a 31-day month, you're going to tell me that there ain't some time that you couldn't say yes. Instead of thinking about it like it's a choice, won't you think about it like, whose side am I on? Because he's already chose. He's already chosen you. 
I was taking this perspective class, and it was every Sunday for like 16 weeks. And I'll be honest with you, I loved every bit of it. But on Sunday afternoon, I'd get home, and I'd be sitting there going, uh, they won't miss me today. <laughs> they won't miss me today, and I could go over to the lake. I could go fishing. I could just lay back and tune the world out and do nothing. What was I doing? I was picking a, I was picking a side. Was I going to do what? Sorry. I'm getting ready to wrap, round this up. But here's an equation. Joshua, Joshua, he said, you're asking the wrong question, Joshua. Instead of asking whose who's, who's side I'm on, you need to decide whose side you're on. I'm just giving you some things, right? Simple stuff, simple stuff. He was saying to Joshua, I'm not here to take sides. I love that. We better be on the Lord's side. What do you think? When Joshua said, I'm on your side, he said, take your shoes off. I want to talk to you about one other truth, and then I'm going to close. On this topic of taking your shoes off, you know what it really means? Do you remember when Jesus, in the Last Supper, what did Jesus do with the disciples? He washed their feet. What did they have to do for him to wash their feet? They had to take off their shoes. Isn't that right? You know what taking your shoes off really says and what it really means is this. God, I'm dying to self. I'm choosing to live for you. Now, in our society, I'm just, I'm being, I love you. You know I do, right? I, I love you, and I love the church, and I love God's people. But the truth is, sometimes, you know, we just dumb. I mean, really. I mean, I, I thought about it. I mean, well, I think it. You're not dumb. I've looked at myself and I thought, how many times have I allowed, am I born again? Yes. Am I going to heaven? Yes. Do I love God? Yes. But how many times have I allowed the enemy to cheat me because I didn't understand that I needed to take my shoes off and say, God, every day I need to be doing what you call me to do. I need to be doing what you call me to do. So the other truth, you know, we, we have to decide who, whose side we're on. We have to decide if we're going to listen to the expert or we're going to listen to the world. In closing, I just want to say to you that uh, uh, when you say whose side you're on, you're basically saying who's in charge. So I'm going to ask you, who's in charge of your life? Who's in charge of your marriage? Who's in charge of your children? Who's in charge of your spiritual walk? Who's in charge of your finance? Because when you choose the side, when you choose the correct side, God's going to bless you in all those areas. Amen? I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, that's where it all begins. It doesn't matter if you Five years old, 10 years old, 20 years old, 40 years old. Life doesn't begin until you receive Christ as Lord and Savior. And it's at that point that he wants to make a difference in your life. So as I won't give you that opportunity today, and I want to pray with you. And if, you'll just, if, if you've never received Christ, we're going to ask the entire church to pray with us today.
You just repeat this prayer after me. Our Heavenly Father, I come to you lost, undone, haven't been able to find my way. But today, Lord, I choose your son. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me at Calvary and that he rose on the third day and that I have life and life eternal. I am born again. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, let's all give them a hand. And we're fixing to worship, but as we're going to worship, I'm just going to ask you to remember those three simple things today. I know today you could have had a real deep discussion. This was real shallow. But I'm going to tell you, this is what the Lord's been dealing with me on. In this church, I'm an elder. And in this church, I didn't realize that I was letting things bother me. For instance, I didn't realize that I was letting pride enter into my life on certain issues. I spiritualized it. I did everything I could until finally the Lord just looked at me and basically said to me, whose side are you on anyway? Have, not, have I not taken care of you? Have I not used you in different areas that you thought I could never do? And sometimes, and it just hit me, I want to share this simple message with, with the church today that maybe as you're going home, God will speak to your heart. And maybe it's something very simple but it's choosing sides because when you take your shoes off before the Lord, you have said, I give you my life. Amen? Amen. Let's worship, stand and worship the Lord together.